Welcome to the Get Uncomfortable podcast show, video podcast show with Stacey A. Cross. There's no E in my name and... Joe McCabe. Joe McCabe. And we're here live at the Remax office. Remax experts live in Maniunk, Philadelphia. Stop in, stop by, say hi, but come to do some business, man. We're looking for realtors, loan officers. Everybody. We're looking for everybody. Anybody that wants to do something, uh, this is the best place to do it at and um, to grow. In fact, today, this morning, we went out and, and had a listing appointment together. We did. And uh, we, saw some, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we saw some crazy mm-hmm. stuff down there in that area. But one thing that struck my attention is that a wholesaler got in touch with our uh, client first yeah. and left a bad taste. In a person's gave mouth. realtors a bad name. Gave realtors a bad name themselves. Gave wholesalers a bad name. Well, yeah. wholesalers is very hard to come up from that name that they. And have, an right? entire real estate company that's pretty large in the city. So yeah. We won't bring that name up. Yeah. But yeah. They yeah. don't have a good name now. Well, you know what? Thank you so much, wholesalers, for for failing, <laughs> so you. that we could be. Yeah. It's not even hard work for us anymore. Today's yeah. gonna be an awesome show. Uh, we we attempted to do it another time but we yeah. said okay we're going to split it up into segments so it's easier to follow easier to understand and um man i just can't wait to get into it so this one is for specifically for those that are looking to invest yeah those looking to invest and maybe possibly just inspire you to do something bigger um that maybe you wouldn't have done before yeah. just because now you can see it can be done right so you didn't well you did we're talking about your deal specifically yep. a deal that you had in pittsburgh that recently closed yeah or after a year and a half exactly so yeah. the, the patience the the hustle the long longevity yeah. i mean you what it takes the team you need in place yeah you know the capital you need that yeah. type of thing we're gonna go through all that today yeah so let's do it and see if we can get any information guys get your notepads get your pens pencils out because this one's gonna, you're gonna get something away from this that'll help you if you're looking to start uh, investing in real estate, why not just go for it all the way, like go big, right? Is yeah, that what you, you might as well, go big. I mean, the the only, uh, you know, the only limiting belief is the one that you're giving yourself. Mm. This can totally be done. You're stopping yourself from doing it for whatever the reason. Yeah. Um, so for the same amount of money that you could take to buy one duplex, right. uh, you could buy and seven. Right, but no one says that though. No one tells you that. They said to, you know, go, after you go to the seminar, really what's being said is, you know, you start with that one and then maybe in 10 years you can build your portfolio. Yeah. You actually went out and got somebody's portfolio, man. You yeah. let them do the hard work. <laughs> let them do the hard work. You know, let them do the hard work. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I always heard, well, I experienced from having two duplexes were my first two properties. Yeah. And then that was a mess. I mean, you lose one tenant and you have trouble paying the bills. Or, right. You know, whatever it That's is. That's true. And the income of four units just is not worth it to me. Right. So what I started to hear from people like Grant Cardone and yeah. all these other property investors was 16 units and more is where they like to be. Yeah. So I was like, well, 16 doesn't sound like a lot either. So mm-hmm. I, want, I want 100. So I shot for 100. I ended up with 70, 70 properties, just under 100 units. Right. So I guess that uh, holds true. Like if you make your goal bigger than just massive. Yeah. And even if, you're, if you fall if you're short. Well to put in the work. Yeah. You know, I mean, prior to the year and a half that the deal went on, there's another four months before that of me just submitting hundreds and hundreds of letters of intent to people all over the country okay. asking them, hey, basically, I don't have any money to buy these properties. Mm-hmm. I want you to give them to me and, um, and I'll refinance them. Later. Yeah, yeah. So that's the first thing. I mean, letters of intent. 
uh, sent out, and you mentioned that there was a program that helps you out. There's a software online yeah. that helps you out. All right, let's get into it. What's the first part of the deal uh, when you're coming in, new <coughs> investor, you don't know anything. Let's like, go back to a year and a half ago sure. where it's kind of like you don't know a damn thing. You're yeah. coming up, you're pumped up, you're like, let me do this. Yeah. So, I mean, the way I kind of got started in, in all of this was one of my first listings was 91 Properties okay. with Bob Mazer down in Mount Airy. And um, at one point, he owned thousands of units, and we, I had sold these over and over and over again to different investors, but the deal never panned out mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason, millions of reasons. Um, so one day, I was like, you know what? Why can't I buy these properties? Mm. So I went to Bob and I said, Bob, because people started bringing up seller financing, and, and at the time I was green, I didn't know anything about that. So I'm like, well, if they only want like 30% seller financing, why can't I get like 100%? The properties have enough equity, I could refinance them later mm -hmm. and cash out Bob. He gets the money he wants and I get 91 right. properties. Right. It'll be great. So I, I get him to agree to that after like six months and um, the, that deal falls apart. You know, so it was just, he's too conservative. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you a question though. Uh, what type of sellers would be okay with doing 100% sellers financing? Who I found to be the people that are okay with that, like this would never work in Philly. Okay. Um, this could work in like Chester County. This okay. worked out in Pittsburgh, Allegheny County, yeah. places where the market is um, is hot. Uh, places, or not, I'm sorry, places where the market is not so hot. Okay. You know, it's a, it's a rental market, um, but maybe people out there are preferring, you know, multifamily units. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the people that I've purchased from were blue collar guys who kind of build up a portfolio one property at a time. They did the hard work. Yep. They did all the hard work. Yep. And um, now they got to sell, but there's not a huge market for single family portfolios. Gotcha. So it took me going out there and explaining this process. They were going to sell them one by one right. or just take a huge hit to get rid of them. And I made this proposal, got the listing agent on board with it to understand it, mm -hmm. you know, got their attorneys involved in understanding of the deal, and we put a lot of safeguards in place so everyone was comfortable. Got it. Um, so the blue collar places in a market that's not so hot but stable, yeah. um, in a high rental market, mm -hmm. that's where this is. <laughs> this can be done. Yeah. So we're not looking. They're not looking for your average um, couple, first-time home buyers to purchase these nah, properties. It's, definitely it's not. Higher these are rentals. rentals. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. These Got are straight it. rentals. Got it. So that's the first clue, guys, ladies and gentlemen. Is like, what type of market are you going into? He just uh, said it clear as day because 100% seller's finance works in different markets sure. and it, it works in a rental yeah, market. Yeah, like Indiana. So, okay. I always get hits from yeah. people in Indiana. So like the, Ohio. Like the blue collar kind of places, you yeah. know, like. Where, where it's rental market yeah. dominated, okay. that's where you'll, you'll Gotcha. Go. And then Philly, it's just, there's just way too many cash buyers here now. So yeah. I can't compete with a cash buyer on, with this structure. Right, so you think that a cash buyer could come in and kind of tear up that deal in 100% seller's financing? Yeah. If they even yeah. go way below yeah. market value? In a second. They will, yeah. they will knock it out, yeah. okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, because I still got them undervalued. Yeah. It's just that there were no buyers uh -huh. for this portfolio out there. Got it. Um, and was single family your aim? Like you went in there? Yeah. Well, I only I only really knew single family. Mm. Um, and then a lot of the like the multifamily and commercial stuff that has a much lower loan to value when you go to refinance, and got we'll get it. into that. But the loan to value is where you run into issues with this type of deal. So got if there's it. not enough equity in the property, you may be able to obtain financing for 70% of the loan to value, but mm -hmm. what if that doesn't pay off the seller finance portion? At the end what the then? Yeah. You know, there's some things you can do and some safeguards you can put in place in the contract so that you don't lose the deal at that point, mm -hmm. and that's what I did. Nice. Nice. So, okay, we're going to start off with uh, you. So you, you're working with Bob. 
Yeah, we're going to Bob. They sell it over and over and over again. Yeah, and, he's uh, too conservative. It's not going to work. He's too conservative. Yeah. And so I finally pitch it to him, and I was amazed because he agrees to my structure. Uh-huh. And... Uh, you know, in this case, I'm not putting any cash out of pocket. I'm not even paying for appraisals, yeah. and I'm making a three percent commission. Yeah, money off the title policy, money off the mortgage yeah. uh, refinance. So, I went to Bob. I showed him what we could do. I was like, "The properties are yours. You're still going to continue to manage them. Deeds are an escrow. I'm just going to refinance them and pay you a mortgage payment." Mm. So, I get him to kind of agree to that, and then. It just, he just got scared of it, mm-hmm. like halfway. It's too new, it's creative. It's too new, yeah. and, and then he wanted to renovate them. Yeah. There was more money for him, and he has the capital, yeah. uh, to go out and just renovate all 91 properties. Mm. So, yeah. that was a better choice for him. Right, um, and then get it at a higher selling point. Yeah, okay. but what that did for me was it, it opened up my eyes to, hey, all these guys are coming to buy these properties, I could do it too, with zero dollars. Mm. And that's what I did, but it wasn't gonna happen here. It wasn't gonna happen in Philly. Yeah, so you had to broaden Broaden your horizons, get uncomfortable, uncomfortable a bit, and um, and decide to go to Pittsburgh. But you didn't care. Wait, no, I didn't care. And a lot of the people, like Bob's generation, and like a lot of the guys I knew in real estate in Northeast Philly, are like they made a lot of mistakes. And one of the biggest mistakes Bob made uh-huh. was he continued to self manage. That's what he told me. He could never grow past that because he self managed. So. You know, when people would also tell me, hey, um, well, don't buy in another state, you know, buy bricks close to your house. Yeah. Some saying like that. And I was I didn't care. You know, yeah. like that didn't make a difference to me because I knew I wasn't going to self-manage. Someone who's afraid to buy in another state, I think that they're thinking too small mm-hmm. and they want to have control. Mm-hmm. But sometimes having that much control is a bad thing. Yeah. And you can't focus on other things. So it's the landlord mindset where you you want to manage the property, do fix fix the toilets yourself. Yeah, micromanaging everything. Micromanage. And that's why, like, that's when you start hearing people, like, even now, yeah. to this day, like, I now own... 70 some properties mm-hmm. and the first thing people tell me is Ugh, i would never want to deal with the tenants the termites yeah the, the toilets you guys are totally on the wrong page yeah. like you're an idiot yeah you would not want 70 properties because you have to deal with tenants and termites well how about the how about the twenty thousand that hits my bank account every month they don't worry about that it's forget not, that it's that doesn't yeah, matter that doesn't yeah. matter man. uncle tim with his one house told me that i shouldn't buy more than one you right. I, I shouldn't invest it depends on who they're listening to too because yeah. that, that framework listen to the wrong people yeah that's yeah. that's the biggest thing so you um obviously we both uh uh, listen to Grant Cardone when it comes to certain yeah. things and you know 10xing and think bigger yeah. or if you would have thought small you would have had uh, another well, I did I start I, I thought small in the beginning yeah I thought small in the beginning you had a couple I, properties right yeah and, uh, I bought two really really bad properties yeah. silver and a and uh, 30, yeah, 30 East Silver. City. Yep, just yeah. watch the, uh, everyone know where that is, watch the Dr. Oz episode on heroin. Um, <laughs> bad, bad yeah. street. Yeah. And you know, the tenants never paid and figures they all don't pay at the same time. Uh-huh. They all leave at the same time. Yeah, you know. something breaks. Were you self-managing that place? No, those were managed uh-huh. uh, by a property management company in the city who was just afraid to even go, go down. Go there, yeah. So it was like, I was just so fucked, yeah. you know, from the beginning. But the income piece was the worst because, mm. of course, we had a hard money loan mm-hmm. actually from Bob Mazer on these. Ah, um, nice. So, like, he helped me buy these, and the future appreciation was great, mm-hmm. but I didn't care about that. I wasn't looking to flip these. Yeah. I wanted monthly income for the rest that's, of my that's life. The, that's the perfect And thing. refi every five years yeah. to increase the monthly income. And yeah. Maybe pull out cash and then buy large multifamilies. Mm-hmm. So, the goal for me is not to stay in single family. Mm-hmm. Um, although, we are looking at. Um, I have a portfolio in Ohio, 292 units. Like I'm looking for more single family, mm-hmm. 
because the expenses are lower. The well, you got your feet wet now, man. You I got, got your feet wet. <laughs> I got my feet wet. He's like, now I'm going for 292. <laughs> I'm man. a little dangerous now. Yeah. A little dangerous yeah. now. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't have to do it without money now. Yeah. So this is one way to do That's it when sweet. you have zero dollars. Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So. So you're sending over 100 LOIs with your letter of intent. Sure. Uh, what program are you using? Guys, write this down here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so deal selection um, was basically through Crexi, uh, C-R-E-X-I.com. You can sign up with LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever. Um, sign up as a broker, sign up as a principal, whatever you want to sign up as. But the thing I like about it and uh, the greatest thing about commercial real estate or deals like this is you are able to just submit a letter of intent within like three clicks. Purchase price, deposit mm -hmm. amount, how many days, non-binding letter of intent, but mm -hmm. you can just crank these fuckers mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. um, another tip, if you have a local um, Sperry Van Ness office, it's a commercial real estate office, mm -hmm. they dominate the multifamily sector right now. They mm -hmm. have taken multifamily real estate in Pittsburgh and doubled the price of it in the past four years. Wow. They have an incredible prospecting system. I don't know what they do out there. I'm pushing another real estate company. Yeah, yeah. That's they're doing awesome. And mm. if you look in Crexy, all of the multifamily really? listings are Sperry Van Ness. So mm. you'll see a trend there anyway. Wow. Um, but you could go right to your local broker in whatever city you're looking and see if they'd be comfortable with that. Yeah. So now I have a relationship with someone in Pittsburgh who we close these deals with successfully, right. who sends me more and more nice. deals every month. Nice, Because he's constantly So you're opening up your network, which is opening up your yeah. net worth. And he actually yep. is selling two of mine now. I realized I had two properties that had disgusting amounts of equity in them. Yeah. Um, Squirrel Hill and mm -hmm. uh, Turtle Creek, good areas in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And um, we'll probably net like 400000 yeah. on those two properties. Easy. Yeah. Okay, that's sweet. And the taxes are too high. So, so you could just easy. chip off this portfolio that you have. You, If you needed some cash flow, some some equities real quick, yeah, you with, just chip them off. You know, with $400,000, I could easily buy, uh, we could easily buy a two, three million dollar portfolio now yeah. and not have to do all this bullshit yeah. and just do a conventional, here's 20% yeah, down yep, yep. Mm -hmm. or bring in another guy, you know, whatever. I could bring in more investors, yeah. but I'm credible. I have yeah. the cash. I've done this before. Yeah. So you got some skin in the game. And That's when there's skin in the game, uh, you could negotiate a little better, but you did some good negotiation techniques when you sent out these hundred LOIs and then you got to hit back, man. Somebody hit you back. Yeah. One so I started getting hits back yep. and then, uh, you know, everyone's impressed with the structure every time. Really? Everyone is impressed yeah. with the structure, but they're not going to put their clients through that because they can kind of say, "Wow, oh, this sounds." Yeah, let's. Could, this could, sounds could we do something, though, Joe? <laughs> yeah. I want to. I want to actually read one. Do you have an LOI that we can yeah, just we'll read real quick so we can get an idea? And I'll show you how simple a, they are. Yeah, of a hundred percent sellers financing, and I think this will help you guys out um, a lot here. Yeah, we're coming in live from the Remax office here, Remax Experts. 4320 Main Street, Philadelphia. It's live out here. People are riding their bikes. Let me get a view so you guys can see. Riding their bikes. They're doing a lot of things out here. All right. We got an LOI? All right. We got an LOI. Let's read it. All right. So let's go through it. So uh, top left-hand corner of this, just my information is the broker. And then uh, the company that has it listed. Mm -hmm. Kind of looks like a standard, like a letter. Like you yeah. wrote someone a letter. You can turn it around. Um, we can see it right here. See it right yep. There? Yep. Done. Yeah. See that right there? Oh man. So that's the top part. So yeah. basically it's just going through and it's very simple. It says, hey, this is a non-binding letter of intent, 24 units. Um, you know, if we agree, we'll, we'll create a purchase sale agreement and yeah. send it out. Commercially, you're here at PSA instead of AOS. Got it. Okay. Just another okay. distinction you'll Got hear. It. Um, so the property was 24 single family homes out in uh, Winston-Salem. Here's the other thing. Sometimes I don't even know where the, like I don't even know where these are. 
and I don't really care mm. because they're cash flowing. So I usually just look and I go, okay, what's the net operating income? Could I live with that? Mm -hmm. Cool. And then is the cap rate over 8%? Okay. I don't know why, just like eight. I'm, okay. I'm not, Carl does the numbers. Carl's one of my partners mm -hmm. and he's a cop in Philly. Carl does all the numbers. Yeah. So, but I just know what the initial numbers are. And as long as it's making a profit after the mortgage, yeah. I'm happy because yeah. I'm 100% leveraging it. That's okay. my intention. Nice. So I don't care. Nice. Um, purchase price is uh this one was 1.8 million with five thousand dollar deposit uh talks about due diligence actually on pittsburgh we're gonna get there but on pittsburgh i put zero deposit for mm -hmm. any of these properties i put literally nothing out of pocket so this is after you put the loi that says that you were gonna put yeah, five later, when we actually, when well, you actually on pittsburgh i probably put zero. Oh, shit. it depends the only reason five is in here yeah is because i had to some yeah. brokers say minimum deposit yeah, amount, so i gotta yeah. put that in but um I'll probably write the contract without it. Yeah. Um, due diligence, it says 45 days for due diligence, and that's for us to look at the documents, um, the rent rolls, inspect the properties. I I personally kind of just, you know, we've been in real estate long enough that you can go to house and see any red flags. I go in every single property and I look for red flags mm -hmm. myself and I ask for repairs. I don't, I never uh, did formal inspections. Um, plus, mm. the bank was going to do those with the appraisals anyway, anyway yeah. and I knew that they were FHA style. Right. Plus, I had a property management company. Yeah. It's like, what are some of your red flags? Um, so, if you see like you know, if, if there's like a lot of water near water yeah. heaters, yeah. if the roof is you know actively leaking, like I'm looking for major items. Yeah, you're not you're not pet cherry picking all these. Yeah, because at the yeah. end of the day, it's a rental property. Yeah. You know, when that tenant moves out, you're doing carpets, paint, and uh, yeah, you know, yeah upgrades clean it out the house anyway yeah. so um depending on the property yeah but um other things would be like uh like brick or if the um the exterior of the property is falling apart mm -hmm. that's something i asked for Got so it. i kind of the way i did this deal like cradle to grave on this deal i did it just like i knew how to do it on a residential transaction mm -hmm. i did it like i was buying this property with a client mm -hmm. and I followed those steps exactly, and um, it saved me a ton of money. Mm, okay. It saved me a ton of money. So due diligence, 45 days. Again, that's for you to see everything. Closing, 25 days after due diligence. Um, but usually I'll just say, hey, once title's in. Because again, okay. I'm going to fly out there, drive out there, whatever. Yeah. Check all the properties, look at the rent roll, interview a couple property managers, and then we can close once So this in. is this one was, you said, was 76 or 71? Uh, 70, the one in Pittsburgh? Yeah. 71, uh, 70 properties and like... 76. Almost, so a couple yeah, a couple, tons of units. In okay, there. so, all right, so then, are you looking at all of these? Are you yeah, those at, properties I went in every you single You went one. to every yeah. single one, and do you yeah. recommend that? Yeah, don't do it the way I did it. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do it the way he does yeah. it, but do it. Was, it was uh, 30, <laughs> I did like 36 hours straight. I, mm. I think we were sleeping like two hours a night, and then writing up reports for each property to ask for, you know, and of course it's a commercial listing agent, so I submit like a reply to inspections. Like, yeah. what the fuck is yeah, this? Yeah, what is this? You know, he's like, you, we don't do this. I was like, you do now. So, <laughs> you know, actually at that point, I didn't do this. Um, I did all the inspections after we were under contract mm -hmm. because, like, to me, I was like, "Is this really happening? Like, is this guy really going to give me his properties for zero down?" Well, they signed the contract, so I was like, "Wow!" It. I was in Pittsburgh the next day. Um, everybody told me, "Oh, you're crazy. This is never going to happen." Let it's me ask you a question. So happen. after they pick, after they, after they, uh, they contact you back, say, "Yeah, we'll, we'll mess with you on this." Mm -hmm. Is that when you went out and actively searched for partners, searched for Carl, or is this? 
Yeah, I didn't have anything in place. You didn't I have had anything. Zero you clue had nothing going on. I had no idea. And then you just figured it out. I didn't well. know how much money I needed. I didn't know who was doing the financing. Damn. I didn't know if my title. I didn't know if my own title company would do the work. Damn. I didn't know. I didn't know shit. See that, man? That's what I'm talking about. I didn't you, know you shit. Had... And actually, this is where opportunity comes into play because. Carl, like best example in this deal is Carl just happened to message me on Instagram to buy a duplex uh -huh. and tell me he had 30 grand to put down yeah. the same day that I needed to pay for the appraisals on the Pittsburgh mm. deal. And I was dead. Like I was like, I'm fucking not having the money. I'm not going to be able to buy this deal now. I've got everything in place. I spent all this time, you know, and at this point, you know, my feet are wet. I'm making a little bit of money yeah, every yeah. month because yeah, yeah, they yeah. were transferred to me right yeah, away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I had stabilized everything. We got everything to 95% occupancy. Mm -hmm. and I was like, deal's dead. Carl can't find the money. I don't have the money. And then Carl came out of the blue and it was late at night. And I called him right away and I was like, dude, you're an idiot. <laughs> Take the 30,000, give it to me. We're going to buy these properties. So of course, Carl's like, damn dude, I haven't seen you since grade right, school. Right. Like he probably thought I was a lunatic. Yeah. Um, and he just knows you as to just, you know, local real estate agent. But, and at that time, Carl had started to go through like a lot of changes where he's reading all these books on business and buying yeah. real estate. Good. It just all came together. Nice. It was just meant to happen. And I think that when you put yourself in situations like that, you're taking care of it. I didn't have a choice. I called every person I've ever talked to in my entire life really? to find that money. Like I was scavenging yeah. the earth for that money. Damn. Um, and of and course, everyone's like, you're crazy. Like, no one, you're not actually buying these properties. They're already considered um, a deal dead. Carl and I left because a lot of his, you know, everyone wants to be an investor now. Yeah. So there's a lot of cops that he That's works true. with that always shoot, like, mess with him or other business owners. And they'll be like, yeah, okay, dude, I'm sure you're really making money on yeah. this. I'm sure it's a real deal. Yeah. And we, you know, Carl's going to start, every month we're going to just start sending people screenshots in the bank account. Nice. There you go. There you go. We're doing it the Ty Lopez way around here. Yeah. Right? The proof. We'll give you the proof. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. So this is awesome because, all right, now, shit, you're in this deal. You can't believe it. Can't believe it. You can't believe it. I you still have, can't believe it. I don't think, yeah, I really think that too. Like, yeah. I don't think because I still can't you were just writing notes on this deal and I don't think you, it really hit you yet that you own. Uh, no. Yeah. No, and then there's like so many details that yeah. I'm gonna miss. Yeah. You know? But there's so many things that went into this and yeah. like the negotiation things I learned and how to handle people. Oh man, I mean, Listen, just, man, this is gonna be crazy. This right here, we can literally package this up and sell it to uh, people that wanna invest. Because, sell it, yeah. You know, but we don't want to want to give it to you this way and um, however which way we, we give it to you and you're watching Get Uncomfortable Podcast Show with Stacy and Joe right now. And we're going to take a small break and we'll be right back, man. Stay tuned.